Good morning. This is Mark Charles, and uh, I am sitting down to drink my second cup of coffee. <laughs> I haven't done one yet this week, but it is, uh, it's Thursday, and I wanted to talk with you about uh, what the Vatican did two weeks ago regarding the Doctrine of Discovery and its Statement of Repudiation. And I wanted to kind of go more in depth on that as I've talked about a few things briefly, but I really wanted to go more in depth. I'm going to try and do a series, not every time, but over the next month, I'm going to continue talking about this doctrine and what it means and what the repudiation um, does and does not do. So I welcome you to grab a cup of coffee and join me. You can see today's going to be a, a bit more of a direct day. I'm wearing my Not Today Colonizer shirt. Um, and, uh, but I want to address a few things, but before I begin, let me do as I always do, which is acknowledge that I'm speaking to you from what's now called Washington, D.C. And these are the traditional lands of the Piscataway. I want to honor the Piscataway as the hosts of the lands where I'm living. I want to thank the Piscataway for their stewardship of these lands. And I want to just state how humbled I am to be living on these lands today. So, on March 30th, uh, the Vatican issued a statement of repudiation, nine statements repudiating the doctrine of discovery. Um, this was very surprising to a lot of people. No one really knew what to expect or what was going to happen with this, um, but uh, it was released that day, and um, and we had to deal with it. <laughs> that, that just was it. We had to deal with it. We had to figure out what was going on with the repudiation. What does it mean? And what, what is the meaning behind all of it? And so I, I, as well as many others were kind of wrestling with this, not only that day, but for the, the, the days and the weeks that even followed, there was a lot of interviews, mainstream media covered it, but they didn't cover it. Well, they wrote a story about it, but they didn't interview a lot of uh, native leaders from within the country. They talked more about what the Vatican did and didn't do. Um, it was more left to some of more specialized media, like the, the National Catholic Reporter, like Indian Z or other native uh, news agencies, or even some Christian agencies, like uh, Religion News um, Service, that covered it more in depth. And so there were a lot of things being said about this, but there's also, as I kind of watch the search terms and watch what's, what's not trending, but what people are searching and even how some of my own material is being referenced, there's a lot of people who still don't know what the Doctrine of Discovery is. And so the news that the Catholic Church or the Vatican repudiated, it doesn't make any sense to them. They're like, well, I don't know what that is or what that means. So it's just kind of being looked over. And so I want to first define what the doctrine of discovery is. And I apologize, the chat on my on my uh, my studio isn't working for some reason, so I can't post links in this. But I will post links in the in the the comments or the notes of the video, both on YouTube as well as um, uh, hopefully on Facebook after I finish this uh, live stream. But uh, yeah, I, so I want to start by defining what the doctrine of discovery is. And for those of you who've listened to me or heard me speak or even watch my YouTube channel, you've heard me say this over and over. And so I want to go a little bit more in depth today. And as you know, I am the co-author of a book called Unsettling Truth, the ongoing dehumanizing legacy of the doctrine of discovery. And in chapter one of that book, my co-author and I, Sing Chan Ra, 
define very clearly what the doctrine of discovery is. And so I want to take some excerpts from that book um, today and just uh, relay them to you here, show you a few quotes so that we can all have a much better understanding of what the doctrine of discovery is. So again, this is from chapter one of the book I co-authored on Settling Truths. The doctrine of discovery is a set of legal principles that govern the European colonizing powers, particularly regarding the administration of indigenous land. It is the primary legal precedent that still controls native affairs and rights and international law formulated in the 15th and 16th century. That's a quote taken from Robert Miller, who authored the book Discovering Indigenous Lands. From a theological perspective, the legal and political role of the doctrine of discovery is rooted in a dysfunctional theological imagination that shaped the European colonial settler worldview. The doctrine of discovery emerged from a series of 15th century papal bulls, which are official decrees by the Pope that carry the full weight of his ecclesial office. On June 18, 1452, Pope Nicholas V issued the papal bull Dum Diversus, which initiated the first set of documents that would comprise the doctrine of discovery. The official decree of the Pope granted permission to King Alfonso V of Portugal to invade, search out, capture, vanquish, and subdue all Saracens and pagans whatsoever, and other enemies of Christ wheresoever placed, and the kingdoms, dukedoms, principalities, dominions, possessions, and all movable and immovable goods whatsoever held and possessed by them, and to reduce their persons to perpetual slavery and to apply and appropriate to himself and his successors the kingdoms, dukedoms, counties, principalities, dominions, possessions, and goods, and to convert them to his and to their use and profit. The papal bull intentionally used language that identified those outside the European Christian world and enforced the Western theological imagination of non-Europeans as other. The king of Portugal, as a Christian ruler, would have power endowed from the church to take possession of the other as slave labor from the continent of Africa. On January of 1454, Pope Nicholas V authored the, the bull Romanus Pontifex, also directed towards the Kingdom of Portugal. As a follow-up to the Dum Diversus, it extended to the Catholic nations of Europe dominion over lands discovered by Europeans during the Age of Discovery. Along with sanctifying the seizure of non-Christian lands, it encouraged the enslavement of native non-Christian peoples in Africa and the New World. The Church believed that Alfonso justly and lawfully has acquired and possessed and doth possess these islands, lands, harbors, and seas, and they do of right belong and pertain to the said King Alfonso and his successors. That's a quote from Romanus Pontifex. The abusive system of transcontinental slavery initiated by Portugal would be seen as just and lawful. Romanus Pontifex revealed Pope Nicholas V's desire to seek, now I'm quoting from it again, the salvation of all, 
that he may bring the sheep entrusted to him by God into the single divine fold and may acquire for them the reward of eternal felicity and obtain pardon for their souls. The papal bull would cite spiritual and theological motivation for the acts of atrocity that followed the doctrine of discovery. The Pope believed that, and again quoting, if we bestow suitable favors and special graces on those Catholic kings and princes who restrain the savage excesses of the Saracens and of other infidels, enemies of the Christian name, but also for the defense and increase of the faith, vanquish them and their kingdoms and habitations, end quote, there would be an unashamed avalanche elevation of the European rulers with a subsequent diminishing and demonizing of non-Europeans who would be rightfully vanquished. The slave trade would become the fulfillment and material expression of the dysfunctional theology offered by the church. One of the immediate consequences of the doctrine of discovery, therefore, was the furtherance and establishment of the African slave trade by Prince Henry, the very person verified by the Pope as an agent of God. First, captives from Africa were taken into slavery in 1441 by the Portuguese explorers who brought 12 enslaved peoples back to Portugal. Second, the timing of these papal bulls correspond to the emboldening of the Portuguese to expand this initial action of subjugation. The year 1502 is often cited as the year that African slaves were brought to the American continent, and by 1525, direct passage of, of, ships, of slave ships began from Africa to the Americas. The papal bulls of the mid-15th century, therefore, would provide the theological justification for the actions of the Kingdom of Portugal and other European powers to initiate and expand the slave trade from Africa. On May 4 of 1493, the year after Columbus sailed the ocean blue, Pope Alexander VI issued the papal bull Intercetera, addressed, and I'm quoting now, to our very dear son in Christ, Ferdinand King, and our very dear daughter in Christ, Isabella, Queen of Castile, Leon, Aragon, Sicily, and Grenada, end quote. Once again, the Pope offered a spiritual validation for European conquest, quoting that in our times, especially the Catholic faith and the Christian religion be exalted and be everywhere increased and spread, that the health of souls may be cared for, and that the barbarous nations be overthrown and brought into the faith itself. That ends the quote there. In particular, this bull served as an ecclesial affirmation of the state-sanctioned expedition and work of conquest by Christopher Columbus in recognition of the hard work and zeal exhibited by those explorers that are lauded for their evangelistic zeal in concert with their exploration, discovery, and conquest. The bull would affirm, quoting, the spread of the Christian rule to every rule to carry forward your holy and praiseworthy purpose, so pleasing to immortal God, who for a long time had intended to seek out and discover certain islands and mainlands remote and unknown and not here and not hitherto discovered by others. That ends that quote. In the papal bull, 
Columbus would be singled out and honored for his effort to expand the Christian empire. Quoting, as was pleasing to the Lord, you, Isabella, and Ferdinand, with the wish to fulfill your desire, choose our beloved son, Christopher Columbus, a man assuredly worthy of the highest recommendations and fitted for so great an undertaking. The said Christopher has already caused to be put together and built a fortress fairly equipped wherein he has stationed as garrison certain Christians, companions of his who are to make search for other remote and unknown islands and mainlands, to bring under your sway the said mainlands and islands with their residents and inhabitants, and to bring them to the Catholic faith, to lead the people's dwelling, to lead the people's dwelling in those islands and countries to embrace the Christian religion, nor at any time let dangers or hardship deter, deter you they're from. The doctrine of discovery, first directed towards Portugal, then directed towards Spain, affirmed the imperial ambitions of these two European powers. The doctrine of discovery gave theological permission for the European body and mind to view themselves as superior and and the non-European bodies to the non-European bodies and minds. The doctrine created an insider perception for the European while generating an outsider other identity for non-Europeans. The doctrine of discovery created an identity for African bodies as inferior and only worthy of subjugation. The doctrine of discovery also regulated the identity of the original inhabitants of the lands, the indigenous peoples, discovered to outsiders who are non who are now unwelcomed in their own lands. The collective expression of the papal bulls that would result in the doctrine of discovery fueled the conquest of non-European lands by Europeans. As Steve Newcomb notes in his book, Pagans in the Promised Land, what is generally referred to as the doctrine of discovery might more accurately be called the doctrine of Christian European arrival or better still, the doctrine of Christian European invasion. The doctrine of discovery served a dual function, a theological doctrine that served as an affirmation from the church for European atrocity and a political, even military doctrine akin to the Monroe Doctrine or even the Bush Doctrine that provided political boundaries and mediation between colonial powers. So this is what the doctrine of discovery is. It is both a spiritual, theological doctrine written by the Catholic Church directly to these nations of Europe who are in the business of not only discovering and expanding their empires, but of enslaving and conquering non-European peoples. Now, that's what the doctrine of discovery is. That's how it was written, that's what it was used to justify, and that's where it came from. Those are the three major papal bulls that comprise the doctrine of discovery. Now, I want to discuss for a moment the repudiation of the doctrine of discovery. In their repudiation, and um, I'll put this link into uh, the notes after I finish this filming, it's point six that really looks at the doctrine of discovery more fully. 
And it says, the doctrine of discovery is not part of the teachings of the Catholic Church. Now, that's hilarious, right? Because the popes wrote the doctrine of discovery. Now, maybe, yes, it wasn't a part of the notes that were going out to all the priests who what they were preaching in their in their uh, pulpits or in their churches around the world yes maybe it was not that official teaching of the catholic church but the pope was or the doctrine of discovery was absolutely a part of their honors program right their personal tutorial program where they would write these bulls addressed directly to the actions and the desires and the political needs of these kingdoms and these kings and would specifically grant authority and give an imagination of what they could do and what might be accomplished. So yes, maybe your average lay Catholic person might not hear this preach from the pulpit, but if you were a ruler of a nation in the business of discovering and, and colonizing and mistreating non-European people. The doctrine of discovery was absolutely a part of the curriculum. It was part of the teachings of the Catholic Church. And you saw in these doctrines that we quoted in our book on Selling Truths, they are addressing directly these leaders and these colonizers by name and giving them permission to go out and do this thing. So the fact that today, or last week, or two weeks ago, the Vatican had the goal to say this was not part of the teaching of the Catholic Church is a blatant attempt to rewrite history. Just blatant attempt. They try to justify it. Historical research clearly demonstrates that the papal documents in question, written in a specific historical period and linked to political questions, have never been considered expressions of the Catholic faith. Yes, again, this was not what you put on your propaganda. This is not what you put on your PR materials. This is maybe not what you wrote on your website. But it's absolutely what you, te you taught Christian rulers who were going out conquering in your name. At the same time, the church acknowledges that these papal bulls did not adequately reflect the equal dignity and rights of indigenous peoples. Thank you. The church is also aware that the contents of these documents were manipulated for political purposes by competing colonial powers in order to justify immoral acts against indigenous peoples that they were carried out at times without opposition from ecclesiastical authorities. Now, that's an important statement. Because what it's saying is these nations took our writings and manipulated them for political purposes, and are the Catholic Church's major sin was that we didn't oppose that wholeheartedly enough. Again, this is a blatant, clear attempt to rewrite history. These documents were not manipulated. They were written for the purpose of which they were used. They specifically stated what they were giving permission to be done. They were specifically going back and justifying actions that these people had done and justifying them in the eyes of the church and even of God.
the Catholic Church is the Vatican. Pope Francis is absolutely trying to rewrite history in this point. They go on, it is only just to recognize these errors and acknowledge the terrible effects of the assimilation policies and the pain experienced by indigenous peoples and ask for pardon. Now, this is almost laughable. It's almost, it's only just to recognize these errors. What errors? Well, that we didn't oppose the misuse of our documents Right again, their their errors are their rewritten history, and to acknowledge and now what they do here, the terrible effects of the assimilation policies and the pain experienced by indigenous peoples. So in that half of a sentence, the Catholic Church is acknowledging, very very glossing over incredible acts of abuse, mistreatment, genocide, murder, rape, horrible atrocities that took place both on the battlefield as well as in their boarding schools. And they're glossing over that in this little statement. And then they have the gall to say we ask for pardon. I'm going to write about this later this week or early next week. I actually looked up what the Catholic Church recommends when you go to confession. And they're breaking their own rules here. They talk about how serious people are to take confession, to be direct, to take ownership of what was done wrong, and to even offer some sort of penance as, a, as an understanding of, yes, we, we regret what happened and what took place. Tells people to reflect and pray and to think about what they're going to say before they go in so that they can fully take ownership of what they have, what they are confessing. And here, the Vatican is glossing over literally 500 years of dehumanizing abuse, mistreatment, ethnic cleansing, genocide, enslavement, horrible atrocities. And then it's quickly asking for pardon. The Catholic Church is, is doing a horrible job of modeling its own teaching in regards to sin and in regards to confession. And this repudiation, right, is it literally, it's an attempt by the Vatican, by the Catholic Church, to simply rewrite its history. By stating that, yeah, we wrote this for, uh, <laughs> we wrote this and it was co-opted by colonial powers and governmental agencies and it was used for purposes we never intended. That is a blatant lie. 
just a complete and utter lie, a complete rewriting of history. You see, what it's doing, remember when we read, when we defined the doctrine of discovery that we talked about, there were two doctrines here. There was the theological doctrine and there was the political doctrine or the military doctrine of discovery. And both were working in partnership in conjunction with each other to justify and enable these kind of actions. And what the Catholic Church is doing here, what the Vatican is doing here, is they're basically saying there never was a spiritual or theological doctrine of discovery. That never existed. And then they are repudiating the doctrine of discovery, the military, the political doctrine. Right? That's what they're repudiating. In number seven, um, it says, in no uncertain terms, the church's magisterium upholds the respect due to every human being. The Catholic Church therefore repudiates these concepts that fail to recognize the inherent human rights of indigenous peoples, including what has become known as the legal and political doctrine of discovery. So they're essentially saying there never was a spiritual, a theological, and ecclesiastical doctrine of discovery. This was never part of our teaching. We never constructed that. Instead, the things we wrote, the things our Pope did, while they might have been sinful and short-sighted and not reflecting our value for human life, they were co-opted by these governmental agencies, and they wrote the doctrine of discovery. And we repudiate that, but we never wrote, the Catholic Church is saying, a theological doctrine of discovery. As I've said before, right, this entire thing is not about seeking healing. It's not about creating conciliation in these relationships. It's not about even confessing sin. This entire purpose is to shift the blame, to rewrite history, and to protect the Catholic Church, this Christian empire, from legal liability. That's the purpose of this whole thing. While maintaining this facade that, oh, we're dealing with these things justly. We're acknowledging these things. Look how great we are. But they're really not. They're rewriting history. So anyway... This, this is a, a very challenging thing to deal with, and it's something we have to look much more directly at. I'm sorry I cannot see the comments that are being offered in the, in the stream here. Um, I don't know why my, my chat um, box isn't working <laughs> on this, but uh, I hope that these things are making some sense to you, and I hope you're finding this helpful. I'm still working on my first uh, article. I'm, I, I'm intending to write a series of four articles, op-eds, that I'm going to publish online, um, wrestling with the doctrine of discovery and the Catholic Church's repudiation of it. And I, I almost have the first one done. I'm putting some final editing touches on it. I hope to get it out yet this week. And then I hope to have one every, every week after that for the next month so that I, we can address this much more in depth. Um, but they'll kind of mirror what I'm going to be talking about in my second cups of coffee. But yeah, these are important things. These are very important things. The, the nation doesn't know, the world doesn't know much about the doctrine of discovery. And now the Catholic Church is trying to sweep it under the rug 
And so we have to do the work of helping people define what the doctrine of discovery is accurately and how the Catholic Church used it to empower nations to do horrible things in which the church both enriched itself from and benefited from. And now it's trying to legally protect itself from liability so that it doesn't have to pay the consequence in a court of law for what it's not only done, but what it's profited from and enriched itself from. So yeah, I, I wanna, I'm going to be talking a lot more about this, my relatives, but I hope you find this helpful. And so to the Vatican, I say today to you, not today, colonizer. No, I, I, we're not going to let you rewrite history. We're not going to let you paint yourself as either a victim or the innocent bystander to these horrible atrocities. We need you, Pope Francis to show spiritual courage by owning what your empire has done and then working to bring healing out of it. That's my challenge to the Catholic Church. That's my challenge to Pope Francis. That's my challenge to all of the nations that worked in partnership with the Catholic Church to expand their empires and subjugate and enslave and ethnically cleanse peoples who they didn't view as human. We have to learn how to address this. But we have to start. If we're ever going to get there, we have to start by creating common memory, by teaching our history as accurately and as honestly as we possibly can. If we don't do that, we're never going to have a healthy community. Right? We need to we need to work at this. We need to do a better job of this, my relatives. I hope this is helpful. I hope you you find uh, some of these things useful. Um, I want to announce that this uh, I I have a Patreon site, and there's different tiers on my Patreon that you can subscribe to. And one of the tiers, one of the most popular tiers, it's my Ask Questions tier. And in that tier, I give two Q&As a month, one usually with a guest and one by myself. Um, and I'm going to be holding my first Q&A for the month of, um, of April this coming Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, in that Q&A, I'm going to really open it up to questions and dialogue about the doctrine of discovery and about the church's repudiation of it. So I'm going to link, I'm going to show you this right here because I can't put this on here. Um, actually, let me do this one here. Um, so here's the, the QR code that gives you the URL for my Patreon site. And if you would like to go on there and um, subscribe to that, that Q&A regarding the Doctrine of Discovery and the, the Catholic Church's repudiation of it will be taking place this Sunday evening at um, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And so that's Sunday, I think that's the 16th, if I remember correctly. Um, Sunday, March 16th at 8 p.m. We'll be doing that. Also, if you want to, I most of this uh, presentation today came from our book that I co-authored with my good friend Sung Chan Ra called Unsettling Truths. 
And I would love uh, if you would like to purchase a copy of that book. I'll put this up here in the corner. You can get that um, from my website and signed copies of On Selling Truths are available there. Chapter one clearly defines even more in depth than, than I did today what the doctrine of discovery is. And then the rest of the book is how the church and the nations, especially the United States of America, use that doctrine to inflict incredible pain and injustice and suffering upon people of color, especially African people and Native peoples here, Indigenous to Turtle Island. Um, so I welcome you to read that book, and you can find um, a lot of what I talked about today in Chapter 1 of that book. Anyway, my relatives, I hope your second cup of coffee is as good as mine is. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope that you will never give up the work and the pursuit of creating common memory so that we can walk in beauty and that we all might learn how to walk in beauty together. Yeah. And I'll go on it.